This is the final episode of Moonshining with Mitch and Reeves. If you haven't listened to part one, we recommend you go back and listen to that before continuing this episode. Here is part two. Can, can you explain why the bonded liquor also was illegal when you delivered it? Uh, uh, the, the bonded liquor, because that would have been paid uh, by, like, it was, the taxes were paid, but... Well, a lot of the preachers, uh, the, the uh, like I said, the Bible Belt, you had about as many churches here that you had beer joints. I mean, there's a church on every block. And um, then the politicians that were on the take that were getting paid by the bootleggers uh, for protection, they didn't want it coming in here. The preachers, they, they didn't want it for a different reason. But the politicians didn't want it because they were they were making money from payoffs and stuff. So they right. were able to keep it out of here for a long time. And they were actually doing more harm. Uh, the, the biblical religious people were doing more harm than good if they had went ahead and got it voted in here. A lot of the crime would not have been as bad. If, and, it, and it did chill out after... They finally got it voted in. Uh, then it got into the political part. Well, who's going to get the first liquor store? You know, who's who's going to? Uh, so somebody had to have some money to pay somebody to get the first liquor store that was put in here. It's always been that way. Um, right, but you didn't go out of business just because it was voted in. Oh no, 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 but I. In fact, uh, even after I, I mean, I was still running moonshine even when they voted it in here uh, because those shot houses were still around. Uh, and then you couldn't, you couldn't buy anything on Sunday. So the beer joints at that time uh, in the county could stay open till two o'clock in the morning. Uh, in the city, they had to close at 12. But in the county, they could stay open until 2, except Saturday night. Saturday night, everybody got to close at 12 because you got to get sobered up and go to church Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Sundays, bootleggers were still, were still had a business. Now, every bootlegger didn't sell uh, moonshine. Uh, a lot of them only sold bonded whiskey. I, life was simple then. I could bring in bonded liquor out of Atlanta or Chattanooga. You had to have, uh, you had to know the right place and have a connection where to buy it because they were only allowed to sell you so much. Well, uh, I would uh, I would bring back pints and half pints. That's the way the bootleggers wanted it. Uh, pints of bourbon or blend, uh, uh, and half pints of bourbon or blend. So a pint was five dollars, and a half a pint was two fifty. So you would bring in some of the cheaper bourbons and blends of whiskey. I, you know, I can remember some of those like early times, Jim Beam, Heaven Hill, some of those kind of whiskeys. 
And um, so they were they were still doing good business, even after they voted liquor in. The, the liquor stores couldn't open on Sunday. So the bootleggers still had a Sunday business. So I still had a business. But then when I moved, when I, um, Grace and I had a beer joint, we opened up um, Grace's Place Beer Joint. Anyway, that's another story. But we, uh, I ended up moving to Atlanta, and I went to work at a liquor store, uh, package store in Atlanta. So I would come to Rome on the weekends and bring in pints and half pints of uh, whiskey to some of the bootleggers that were still buying from. And then I would, uh, I had another little business going with that. Uh, you know, if you drive from Atlanta to Rome, and you bring in several cases of liquor, well, you need to backhaul something back. Well, Atlanta had plenty of liquor, but what they had a demand for at this time, this we're now we're talking the 70s now, early 70s. I could take back pot by the pound, uh, five, 10 pounds of marijuana. I had a source where I could haul that back to Atlanta and I only sold it by the pound. Uh, I had some black panthers that were buying it from me. I had some hippies that were buying it by the, you know, by the pound. So I could unload five pounds at a time. You got to keep a little something, you know. I mean, after all, it was business. Uh, so that was that was how that was. <laughs> But it never got caught. It sounds like you had a really interesting uh, youth. Do what? It sounds like you had a really interesting youth. Your young young years was really interesting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was, and I was. I took a lot of chances. Uh, some of the things that I did were. I look back now and. Well, that was a stupid thing to do. Um, and it was, it, it was some, some, we dealt with some dangerous people uh, back then. Um, they could be dangerous, you know. But yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I never got into dangerous territory or any, I was always, uh, uh, straight with people I dealt with, you know, honest, never tried to cheat them. Uh, they respected me. And, um, so I, I was successful with that. That's what I mean when I say that it's interesting that, um, it, You'd think that, oh, then you'll have to deal with a lot of criminals and everybody is criminal and stuff like that. But you have to be able to trust people. And if you don't cheat people and you, you know, you can keep doing business. Nobody wants some, someone unreliable or hot-headed. There was one guy, uh, my ex-friend, Butterball. I did this story. My ex-friend Butterball. Um, Butterball had worked with me in some big loads of stuff. Uh, running it on the 
East Coast. So, but occasionally I take a take a break, and uh, so uh, this time, this this particular time, I took a break. I was down in Atlanta, and we were at a bar in Atlanta, and uh, we met a couple of girls, working girls. They told us they were working girls. Well, Butterball's brother, uh, Billy, he uh, he had prostitutes in different states, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. I mean, he was in it in a big way. Uh, so we, 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 we parted ways with these two girls and went to another bar. And the Butterball then says, hey, uh, these two girls, Billy said that if, he, if we ever run into anybody that uh, wanted to go to work for him, uh, he'd, he'd, he'd pay a finder's fee if, if, if they were with him. And, you know, I never, I never gotten into that. He, Billy did offer me, uh, a job. He had a, he had a house in, in, in Atlanta, uh, where he had ladies working and he did offer me a job, um, kind of as a bodyguard, you know, watching. And I said, I'm young, you know, I, I'll end up owing you money at the end of the week. I don't think I can do that kind of work. <laughs> if you get my drip. Uh, so anyway, Butterball remembered where these girls told him they lived. So here we go. We, we're in Atlanta. I got a 49 Ford uh, coupe. Love that Ford. I used to run, run it a lot. So I, I park on a, it's a one-way street. I park on the side, and the passenger side is facing the sidewalk. So I butterball, he says, you go up and knock on the door. And I go up and knock on the door. Then I hear uh, what I know the sound of is the clicking of a gun. I knew we done stepped into something here. So I, I, I took off walking kind of fast and it was steps that went up to this place. Well, I go down the steps, but now the guy has come out and he's standing up at, uh, on the porch. He's got a gun. He's waving. He's trying to aim it at me and I'm trying to get to the car. Well, Butterball had lay down in the front seat and he wore a hat. He pulled his hat down over his head like that was a bulletproof hat. You know, I, and had locked the damn door. No. I couldn't get in my car. I mean, I'm, I'm banging on the door. Butterball, open the door, man. And he's laying there with his hat on his head. Well, this guy, instead of running down the steps like I did, he decides to jump off that bank. He jumped and hit the side of the car and knocked himself out, uh, breath out of himself, and the gun fell out of his hand. There, there, the idiot lay with the old gun laid on the sidewalk. Well, Butterball raises up and raises his head up, sees this guy on the sidewalk, then he lets me in. It's when he became my ex-friend. I'll say. <laughs> I never did any more business with Butterball. Ever. 
Uh, no, once you've seen it, you can't unsee the uh, protection hat. See, uh, uh, locking me out of the car. But what got me was I did tell him. I said you. It reminded me of the James Bond movie where this guy, uh, Chinese guy, somebody wore this hat, derby hat, and he could sling that thing and cut somebody's head off with it. And uh, I said, that, that ain't a James Bond hat you wear in there. Anyway, it's kind of a funny story. Yeah, after, like the other ones, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't so funny at the time, though. That had to be scary. It, uh, you know... Yeah, it wasn't funny at the time. And uh, there were so many, so many things that happened. You just get to a place where it's, if something doesn't happen, it ain't a normal night. You know? <laughs> uh, a lot of, a lot of wild stuff. Well, has that been interesting enough? Fascinating, it's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't want to bore you. No, it's very. Oh, no, you're not. You're not. No, uh, the uh, some of the most dangerous stuff going on lately, women, is these heart attacks. Good lord. Um, I had two heart attacks back in 2015. They were four months apart. So, yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't... This is the first time I had two in one week. But, uh, and the other time was the first time they put that many stents in at one time. They put five in in uh, May, and then the other day they put in three. That's 16. Wow, I think I have three. So, well, you got to wait. So you do well, you the, have the lead, Kathy? Then do I have what the lead? No, no, he's got way more. <laughs> I got sixteen. Oh, well, you lose, Kathy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's that's the one I don't mind losing. Uh, but back to that life back then was uh, the automobiles were this, we had automobiles where we could rebuild the engines and stuff and the police didn't have the equipment then that they have now and uh, so you know knowing knowing your route uh, knowing the people you're dealing with helped a lot in being successful with it. Right, right. Different skill set that would be uh, less useful now. I'm thinking about those new cars that are always telling you what to do. Like, you need to take a break. You're <laughs> driving like you're tired. Like, th that, that would have been uh, kind of tough to run moonshine in those cars. Yeah, yeah, it would. It would. You'd be like, okay, turn off the light. No, you need the lights on. 
It's <laughs> my my sensor is telling me the lights must be on. <laughs> you would have been betrayed by the car. Yeah. Uh, the uh, again, it was having people you trusted to. It was a different time back then. It was way different than than today. The History Center here in Rome, and uh, there's a museum in Cartersville, Georgia, the Savoy. Uh, they're talking to me about bringing my Ford uh, to both places uh, and then showing the movie Thunder Road with Robert Mitchum uh, and then me do a talk, you know, because if, if you ever get a chance, if you haven't ever seen it, Thunder Road, Robert Mitchum is about uh, Kentucky Moonshiner Transporter. Kind of like my life was in, in during that time, and the way they were and stuff. So I, I may do it. I have to leave my Ford with them for a little while. That'd be the hardest part. Right. I think it's a great idea. You know, well, there's something about bringing things to life, like a real car, real person, everything, instead of just looking at pictures or looking at things behind glass in a museum. It's different when you can. And you got a, well, I'm still living now, but a, a live person there who lived a life, I guess is what they're, is what they're interested in me for. Oh, that's for sure. Cause it is very interesting. So my wife says I'm her living legend. She's not wrong. <laughs> Uh, it's it's interesting I Susan Simpson with Undisclosed when she was with Undisclosed she's the one that really got me uh, after they did my story uh, then she is the one who wanted to hear these moonshine stories and I hadn't talked about some of this stuff in years and man, it was just like I suppressed a lot of stuff, I guess. And then my my mind just opened up and man, just let loose. And I guess I just got it all out. And I'm, and I'm still remembering things. Uh, I, I'll, I'll think of something in the middle of the night sometimes that will trigger trigger a memory, especially automobiles can, can trigger a, a story. You'd think I'd run out. But no, that makes sense, yeah. When you start so young, see, I, I, I stayed with my aunt and my grandfather <clears throat> after I was born. Uh, Mama had uh, postpartum depression. Uh, at her age. So I stayed with my, her sister and their father, he lived there and um, out in the country. Well, her son, Flick Reeves, started a junkyard back off up the hill. So I'm a kid and I'm playing in those cars. You know, that was my, 
I, I never needed anybody to entertain me. I could always entertain myself. You know, kids today, if you hear one say I'm bored, they're usually saying entertain me. You know, do something to entertain me. Well, I never, I never got bored. I never needed to be entertained. I had the, I had the cars to play in. Uh, some of them would still crank up some. And plus, I had uh, uh, my uncle who had died had a, a hog pen. He raised hogs, and that was that became my corral. And I'd make my horses out of these sticks, and I'd ride the sticks through the trails back up in there, playing in the woods in the, in the country. And uh, I, I, that's where I kept my horses in the corral, my make-believe stick horses. You know what I mean? So it's, I, you really should write a book. If I wanted to live, if I wanted to play as a Western that day, then I'd go to my corral. If I wanted to play... A race car driver, I'd go to the car. Uh, got somebody working on that. Um, seeing how it's going to go. Great, great. Several books. I think there's uh, there's plenty of uh, stuff for several books. I was thinking, do you ever like run into people that you? knew from when you were younger or were you the youngest one so well, that now yeah I, they're all gone uh there's there might be a few around i got i got one old buddy around here he in fact he's a few years older than me he he never he never did get into the business like i was in but uh he he loved to drink what I hauled <laughs> and still does. Uh, he, he's a good friend, but I was, uh, I was always around older people. My, my parents were old. My brothers were old. So I, I grew up with older people and grew up faster, but changing my age, it was like, I just bypassed those four years. I mean, I lived the teens so fast, I barely remember the teen, being a teen, you know. Um, and then had owned a beer joint before I was 20 years old, or before I was 21 years old. So all my, all my folks, all my brothers are gone, all my family's gone, uh, so... I don't know. I, I, I reckon just the younger people today, for some reason, they seem to be fascinated with these stories. I guess uh, when I was a kid, I was fascinated with the 40s, the 1940s. I said, I'd like to live in the 40s. I love the cars. I love the, the clothes and uh, especially the military stuff, you know. So... I, people, as long as people are interested in in hearing this, what I got to say, I don't want to be, I don't want to stay on the stage too long. You know, there's a time I guess you got to leave the stage. 
And uh, so far, thanks to y'all and other people that are interested in hearing this, these stories, keeping, I don't know if stage is the right word, but doing what we're doing today. You know? Right, and it's, so, it's, it's very uh, inspiring because, you know, you get pictures in your head and you think about these things and it's different than uh, watching a movie or something like that. Visually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's really good for you to hear you tell them. Because you, cause you, you're both serious and also you have this, um, <laughs> it gets a magic moonshine uh, secret ingredient. You know, <laughs> it's made in the woods. It's, it's uh, nothing artificial in it. Yeah, made in the woods by Greek. Hey, we made more trips to Detroit uh, after that blizzard trip. I, uh, I did run more up there. Uh, but we went in the springtime the next time. How far is the drive? That had to be pretty far, yeah? Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I don't remember. We, we went... Uh, we... The route we, we went was the back route of what highway that was. Now, of course, now you got the interstates. And it had some interstates then, but we, we didn't travel the interstate. We traveled. When we leave Dayton, Tennessee, I remember we stayed through the mountains and those roads back through there. You took the lesser taken path, stay out of the, out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, on the interstate, uh, they got way stations too that trucks had to pull over and be weighed. Um, that was for tractor and trailers, but it could have applied to us too. So, yeah, you want to stay clear of those. We went Nothing to, to see here. <laughs> we went the scenic route. <laughs> That's what we did, and I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed running uh, in Tennessee and in North Carolina. I love those mountains. You know, we got mountains here, but man, I love those mountains up through there. Just, it's in my blood. This is in my blood. I, it, it, I guess when you come up in the way I come up, I mean, it, it, it's still, it's still a want to there. You know, I mean, like with my fifty four, uh, I drove it, I drove it yesterday. What, what I wanted to do when I got out, if I could get out of the hospital alive, I told the Somebody there, I said, I just, I want to, I want to see my dog and I want to go crank up my Ford. I mean, that's, that's life. Yeah. Linda was, but she was already with me. So it wasn't like I didn't want to come see Linda. She, she stayed with me during the whole thing. That goes without saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I missed, I missed my dog in my car. Something about the car, I can just get in it. I don't even have to drive it. I just go out there and crank it up, and it makes me feel young again. You 
Yeah, I think uh, it's like well, a it's probably like a feeling of, of freedom and you know just if you could you you if you if you wanted to you could so yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have air conditioning, but that's on my top priority list to have it put in. Uh, power, not having power steering, I don't bother. I know I know how to. I know how to drive a car without power steering. There's a, there's a trick to turning that steering wheel. You got to, the car's got to be moving a little bit to turn. But uh, you know that that that's a, that's it right there. But that's uh-huh. skill, and then very hot freedom until you get the air conditioning in. Yeah, sweaty, sweaty freedom we can call it. Yeah. <laughs> and I can drive it year-round. And if I hit the lottery tonight, I, will, I don't want new cars. Uh, I'd still go buy some more classic cars, uh, older cars. I'd like, I'd like to have a garage. Uh, well, I'm getting on stuff here. Sorry. What do y'all stick with? That's fine. <laughs> Whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> No, it makes it, it makes uh, total sense. And I really get that. I think that's what your story is relaying as well, that sense of freedom that when you're on the back roads, you're in a different space from, you know, everything. It's like a parallel thing and you can go there and, yeah. and be in a different world. Well, when I remember stories most of the time I have there's like a uh camera in my brain that filmed this it's, I, I can if I talk about a time and a place uh, this like farmer's shack for instance when I'm talking about it well I go back there I can see in my mind's eye what it was like uh, the the whole the woods the shack uh, I can see what they my brother and what they looked like at that time. It, it, does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, but I'm curious. Do you still have the back roads around Rome? Georgia, like, or are they closed off or private property or shut down or? There's still uh, a lot of undeveloped in the rural, in, in the county part where I went, where I, we, we ran. They're still there. Now, some of those roads, uh, they're still there, but a lot of them paved. You, you don't find many dirt roads. And that's what I really need to find because I've got a guy who wants to do uh, some photography with me in my car and wants to do it in black and white and do it on some, um, dirt, find some dirt roads somewhere. There, there's some still around in uh, Alabama. Of course, Alabama's just across the line from Floyd County. Um, and then up toward Tennessee, there's some back roads up through there that's still around. We, there's some around. And I, as soon as it cools off, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit the road that forward. And ain't no telling what I might remember. 
Right. That seems like a great idea. You should uh, take some pictures or get the pictures from the photographer and, you know, send them. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Now, I will probably remember after we finish here, I'll, I'll remember a hundred more stories uh, during the nighttime. I, I, I've tried to do like Clint Eastwood said. Uh, you know, he's in his 90s. And he said, somebody asked him, so, well, what do you, how do you stay in shape? He said, I don't put the old man on. I get up in the morning and I don't put the old man. Right, it and makes sense. You do that in by thinking young, thinking. Uh, I mean, I still want to do. I, I got a lot of stuff I want to do. I want to. I want to see New York City again. Uh, I want to see. I want to go back to Washington, and uh, I want to go to the. Uh, I want to see the Smithsonian. Uh, I got to go to Ireland. My great grandmother came from Galway, and um, and I want to go back up into North Carolina where Mama was born. Uh, I got a lot of stuff I want to do. And also, even though like the the whole world has changed, you know, time, technology, all of that, but sometimes you just stumble over things. It can be like in the city or in the countryside that are just the same. And you go, yeah. oh. There, the Polk County down here uh, in Cedartown, Georgia, that's where Linda's from. They, they filmed some movies there lately uh, because the downtown is just like it was in the 50s. Did I tell you about the time we were hauling a load of sugar? down to Polk County. Easton Hill, Polk County, was the moonshine capital of the world at one time, uh, back in the 20s and 30s and 40s. They were shipping truckloads out of there, up north. And my friend I went to Detroit with, he was he was one of them. So you got a load of sugar and you got a flat tire in Polk County. And uh, so the cops come up and they hold the flashlight for us to change the tire. And they said, what you guys hauling? And we said, fertilizer. Uh, and they, they, didn't, they didn't look. They, they believed we were hauling fertilizer. They changed the tire. We thanked them and uh, got away. Awesome. Was it like a red flag or illegal to haul sugar? Because you could use it for uh... a truckload of sugar. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you, you can say, "Oh, we're just uh, doing a really big uh, bake off or something." Well, first of all, you people was not allowed to sell that much, so you had to you had to have a. Uh, a contact in order to get that much quantity of sugar, but we haul the we haul the liquor making materials, the yeast, the sugar, and the jugs. Back then, you didn't have the the plastic jugs, and didn't have them. We were still using those glass gallon jugs I was telling you about. 
so uh, we could sell those to the liquor makers. So we could take a load of jugs, make money that way. Uh, you know, that was different ways of, of making a buck. Uh, I love that the police officers helped you change the tires and yeah. and just were like, yeah. <laughs> that's That's been a bar story for many years after that, you know. Uh, we had a, uh, that reminded me of another story. Uh, we had a, uh, I won't call his name because he, he, he's, uh, he's passed on, but he's, uh, he had grandkids and stuff and good folks. But, but he was notorious of stopping. He, he'd stop every car he could sometimes thinking sooner or later he's going to catch somebody with a low blood. Now, you got to get this. Here's a guy from Chicago. Been down to Florida with his family on vacation. This is before interstate. So he's driving up 27 north, headed back north. The cop pulls him over. And he was real rude. You know, you could just be real rude. And uh, pulled him over and said, where you where you been? Where are you going? Uh, where are you from? And uh, he said, well, we've been down to Florida on vacation. I'm, I'm from Chicago. We're, we're going home. And this cop went back and looked at his tag and said, if you're from Chicago, what are you doing with that damn Illinois plate on your tag? Don't you know that <laughs> this guy told that story up north many, many times years later of a cop not knowing that Chicago was in the state of Illinois. I mean. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that'd be a good, that'd be a good bar story. Yeah. Junior, uh, See, this is what's happening to me since these heart attacks as I get a blank. Uh, race car driver, Johnson, Junior Johnson, well-known race car driver, uh, helped get NASCAR started. He was a, he was a liquor runner out of a, a North Carolina. And uh, he started when he was 14. And I wish I had thought of this as a line, but somebody asked him, said, well, what do you do about a driving license when you're only 14? And they and they get angry. He said, I wouldn't go stop anyway. <laughs> I like that one. I wish I'd have thought of that. I'm not going to stop anyway. So why do you need to drive? Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for a new episode.